We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, let's go. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. Up and rolling, I'm Sean Styers. Vince D'Addario is back today. We have survived a storm that rolled Man. through the area just a little bit ago. Man, it was pretty intense there for, for a while. The, the the wind is what was the kind of, not scary, I, I'm not going to go that far, but the wind was howling. Like, you know, the, the cover from the patio furniture was flying away and the trees were doing their thing. And, I know. you know. It was enough that everybody in my house was like up against the window, like, oh, well, you know, that kind of thing. But, <laughs> so storms are a big deal in my house. Everybody loves the storms. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. You know, we've got the, the patio table with one of, those, one of those umbrellas in the middle of it, you know, in the back. Yep. And it was within a couple of months of, you know, just <laughs> my wife had just bought it and the uh-huh. umbrella, she left it up. Ooh. And I think it was when we were, it, I, it was at some point, I think it might have been the summer of 2020 now that I think about it. Okay. because This is new house? Uh, yeah, okay. we were definitely in the new house. Okay. And um, I was doing the show, you know, the radio show from home. Okay. So I know it was in that period someplace. And then the show is, you know, like apparently someone was knocking on the door while I was doing the show, but you know, my daughter's <laughs> in the other room. She can't get the door. Right. And you know, nobody else was here. And you know, she tells me somebody was knocking. I go outside <laughs> the umbrellas on the roof <laughs> <laughs> and our neighbor, you know, was, was coming over to say, Hey, your umbrella's on the roof. <laughs> and a couple weeks later, it ended up on the roof again. And finally, oh wow, I, I said, honey, we need to, you know, when, you got to bring when it we're in. We're not out there. We need to keep it down. Yeah. yeah. Got to bring it in. We we yeah. all, we have the Turns same setup. Nice parasail. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we we have the same setup, but whenever we're not using it, it's got to be in the garage because you and I have similar like open backyards where the wind will just just fire through. So yeah, it that that'll be like a parasail if we leave it out there. So Looks like it's raining all over the world right now. Oh, wow. Irish Storms rocking now here in SWFL. I'm guessing that's Southwest Florida. So, and I know they can be more intense down there. It's obviously you know have to worry about hurricanes and that kind of stuff if it is Florida. So, uh, batten down the hatches and, and right. uh, hopefully everybody is okay. At least you know we made it through okay. My wife was taking my daughter for 
a hair appointment right oh. as the storm was starting. So that's oh no, fun. oh fun. no, I know, I know. Before I forget, don't forget to hit that YouTube like button and subscribe and rate, comment, and all that good stuff on the podcast platforms as well. It helps us out greatly with the average breakdown channel. So uh, be sure and do that. So uh, again, glad to have you along with us here tonight as we get things going on the show. And uh, we've spent all week so far preparing for fall training camp, the start of right. training camp on Friday. We are two days away from Crazy. the start of fall training camp, 31 days away from Notre Dame and Ohio State. We're basically a month away at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's the third. I didn't even think yeah. about that. It's, I, it's yeah. exactly a month away. And uh Still doesn't quite feel like it. Doesn't feel like we're going to be at practice on uh, Friday, but you and I will both be there holding down yes, the floor trying to figure out what's going on and maybe, just maybe, get some of these questions answered that we have today. Yes. Well, we will find out. So again, we're fall camp focused, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about some position battles. You know, yes. there really aren't maybe, excuse me, as many significant battles as in some years. You know, but there are still some just the same, um, and we're going to kind of we're we're going to go through these here tonight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's start with quarterback. Yes. You know, everyone pretty much discusses this as if it's a foregone conclusion, I think. Vince, what do you think about this? Is this an actual open competition between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine, or is it a foregone conclusion, and Buckler, Buckner's just going to end up being the quarterback? You know, it's funny because I feel like I hope it is a competition in that I believe Tyler Buckner is going to win. But I want Drew Pine to push Tyler as much as humanly possible because I don't want it to just be a situation where, well, I mean, uh, Buckner is, I guess he's going to start. You know what I mean? Like not that kind of a thing. Like, well, he's got the better tools and 
and whatnot. So he's just going to start. Like, I don't want that. I want there to be, I want Drew to, to give it everything he's got. You got to push Tyler. You got to, you've got to want it just as bad as Tyler wants it. You've got to push him to make Tyler earn that job. So I hope that it's a competition. I really do. I don't see Drew winning it, but here's the thing. Right. Drew has shown enough in games, in my opinion, to be and respected enough within the locker room that he deserves this to be a competition. He does. He's done enough to me for this to be a competition. Tyler, you know, Tyler hasn't done enough to where he should just be named the starter. He's done some very impressive things. He's been really good from everything we've heard, but I think it needs to be a competition. I hope it's a competition. I hope it's not a foregone conclusion. I really do. Yeah, there's there's just such a different skill set, obviously, that you get with Drew Pine. And when For you sure. talk about, you know, especially when you're lacking running backs and all this different stuff and you need to run the ball. Yep. We know, you know, we know that he has that that element that that Drew Pine is not going to give. You know, I think Drew Pine was an adequate enough backup last year. And everything about Drew Pine, you know, there's a lot to like about the guy. But and 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 I think you're right, because he's been around, you know, he went through a quarterback competition with Jack Cohn last year. Right. Uh, sure. Did not come out on top, obviously, ended up being the backup. And really, you know, as the season wore along, you know, you know, we didn't see him after, uh, what was that? Wisconsin, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. That's we kind didn't of a see coming him. out party for him, too. We saw him Wisconsin and Cincinnati. That's yeah. when we saw him. Yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Cincinnati. And then we didn't see him the rest of this, you know, season. <laughs> so, you know, I agree. You know, the biggest, the biggest issues – with Drew Pine have been completion, you know, completion percentage. He needs he needs to be more accurate with his passes. Again, as a backup, he was adequate last mm-hmm. year. But to be the full-time starter, you know, that was my question going into the spring and into the spring game. And obviously you don't want to put everything on one game, but at the same time, you know, it was we we did not see the best of Drew Pine by any means no. in the blue gold game. And so I, that's the lingering memory that everyone has of Drew Pine. But what was his issue is still his issue, you know, the accuracy. And then you saw some, you know, some red flags in terms of decision-making, you know, on top of it in that blue-gold game. And that's against your own defense, obviously. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the blue-gold game is a practice, right? I mean, and that's the way it needs to be talked about, right? It's a practice. But here's the thing. There was a lot of other practices in the spring that led up to that practice where he wasn't winning the job. And and that's just, it is what it is. He didn't have a great spring. Call it what it is. He didn't have a great spring. He needed to have a great spring and he didn't have one. Correct. Yeah. And then he was thrust into a situation where he needed to be the quarterback for both teams going back and forth. And that's hard no matter who you are. And so not only did he not have a great spring, but then he kind of was put behind the eight ball in the spring game by having to be basically the all-time quarterback, right? I mean, and that's tough. That's not an easy thing to do. So he needs to hit the reset button, in my opinion, with fall camp. And I he, he has earned the right to do that. And so I hope that that's the case. He can kind of flush what happened in the spring and then just kind of move forward and, and be the competition that he needs to be. Yeah. I think if it becomes obvious early on, though, I think it's time to name your starting quarterback. Jesse and I were talking – yesterday like you know last year pine and jack cone came into fall and oh there's still this you know they're, they're still battling it out to figure right. out who's going to be the starter well by the end of the first week it didn't even take a week i think jack cone was named 
the starting quarterback. How soon do you think they need to name a starter? You know, not not how soon will they? How soon yeah. do they need to name a starter, do you think? It depends on are we talking about naming a starter inside the locker room or are we talking about naming a starter in the public, like to the media? Because I think those are two different answers, to be honest with you, right? I think, you know, two weeks in, one and a half, two weeks in, If, if as long as the locker room knows who the starter is, that's all I care about. I don't need Marcus Freeman to be up front with the media and tell him who the starter is, even if we pretty much know who it is anyway. I'm not saying he needs to play games with the first game of the season, but you don't need to put your, all your cards on the table either. That's so true. If he That's- never says it to us, okay, that doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. It, it no. needs to be established in practice, though. Like it needs to be established within the walls of the locker room. Well, and you know the thing is, you know, at practice, it kind of becomes obvious, you know, based on who's getting the reps and and all that kind of stuff, and obviously sure. with performance as well. But at the same time, I said this going into the, the the blue gold game because we're going to be on TV and all that stuff from Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese and and Notre Dame's perspective you know even though you'd like to have Tyler Buckner out there for everybody to see it was not the worst thing in the world for him not to play in that game because Agreed. Ohio State doesn't get to see what a full-blown Tyler Buckner offense looks like you know even if you're dumbing it down they know he can run sure but you know they, they didn't get to see a full-blown Tyler Buckner led offense. So that wasn't the worst thing in the world. And, you know, that kind of piggybacks on what you're saying. Like, yeah, you know, the, the locker room is probably the lock, you know, the the players are going to know at some point, you know, if they don't already who's performing the best and, and who it's going to be. But, you know, like you said, saying it publicly, you know, he doesn't have to go like Jim Harbaugh and, you know, and never give a depth chart and, you know, never, you know, announce anything basically. But yeah, I mean, from his perspective, I suppose he doesn't really need to name a a starting quarterback publicly based on the fact that, again, you've got two guys with two different skill sets. Absolutely. And I think you make a really good point about the fact that he didn't play in the spring. I mean, if you want to see Tyler Buckner sitting in the pocket going through reads and all of that, you're going to have to pop in his junior high school film. I mean, and so many things have changed since then, right? That's senior, that's three years ago. And he's got different weapons around him. They're running a different scheme. You know, all of these different things. So I actually, that's a really good point. There's no film of Tyler Buckner as the starting quarterback for the University of Notre Dame playing with the ones. It doesn't exist. Right. And right. so that's an ace in your pocket. Now you can, I guess you can say, hey, we're going we're gonna to start this kid. Um, and maybe it doesn't even matter because there's no film on him. Uh, okay, that's fine too. You know what I mean? So I'm really okay either way as far as the media end of it the public end of it uh but yeah it needs to be established before you start your ohio state prep your you know your specific ohio state prep it needs to be established by then in my opinion yeah i agree i agree all right so let's move on let's look at some other position battles we'll see how you know we'll see how long that quarterback battle yeah last you know what marcus Freeman's strategy is and all that kind of stuff and but in the meantime we've got some other position battles as well Beginning with boundary corner on the defensive side, manned, of course, last year by Clarence Lewis, everyone's, you know, stepchild. Favorite dog (laughs) to kick, basically. That's right. That's right. Everyone wants to pick on Clarence (laughs) Lewis. You know, you've got some guys behind him, Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley, you know, guys, you know, 
the good thing is a lot of these guys, you know, Jaden Mickey as well. We talked about him mm-hmm. last year. He's played more field so far on the other side with Cam Hart, but you know, they want to find the best guy, obviously, to play sure. opposite of Cam Hart. What what do you think about this situation and how it maybe plays out this this fall? It's actually very similar to the way I feel about the quarterback uh battle, quote unquote, right? Because you know, Clarence Lewis, I think, is your presumed starter going into fall. I mean, if we get a depth chart on Friday, I'm sure that number six is going to be at the top of the depth chart at that spot because he's a returning starter. He 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 deserves at least that, right? Now, I don't want it to be a situation where he's going to be starting on September 3rd because he happens to be a returning starter and he's the best of whatever they got left. Like, right. That's not a comfortable situation for me as a Notre Dame well, fan or as an analyst. Yeah, they're just not. I what I want is a to the death competition where you know Ryan Barnes, Jaden Mickey, you know Philip Riley, those guys are just banging on the door for playing time and just sure. pushing and pushing and pushing. And if Clarence Lewis, Lewis is the guy that rises to the top, he's the cream of that crop. That's the ideal situation for me personally because he's got the experience. He has played well. And if he beats out all of those guys that all want playing time, I mean, legitimately beats them out, I think that's the best case scenario personally. But if one of those guys beats him out, then so be it. I mean, it is what it is. It's competition. They're they're recruiting guys that can play championship-level football. So if other guys beat him out, then so be it. I would put my money on on Ryan Barnes if to be the case uh, if, if that were to happen. But I, I think at the end of the day, I do feel like Clarence Lewis is going to be the starter. Yeah, I kind of do too. And you know, if if he's the best option at the end of fall, then you have to go with your stop. You know, may you know, I think like even if some of these guys are close, it, you know, I, I realize everyone's wringing their hands about it. Clarence Lewis was not, you know, horrible over the course of thirteen games. He had a really bad thirteenth game. He had a you know, he had some moments over the course of those other 12 games where he had an issue or two. But, you know, that you can say that, I think, to everyone in the sure. secondary is they were getting used to the new scheme and, you know, more man-to-man and all those different things. And, like, if you look at the Fiesta Bowl specifically, remember now, Oklahoma State in that second half where he really struggled, they were playing basically – they were out there with 10 personnel. They didn't even have a tight end on the field. They just right. put as many wide receivers as they could out there with a running back and a quarterback and you know that led to a a lot of the issues as well you know those guys were so I agree with what you're saying you really want it to be a competition throughout the fall and I think it is going to be a competition in the fall I think we're going to see a lot of guys out there you know in some different spots and and enough of these guys had good springs that they have you know shown themselves that they deserve some of these opportunities and I'll, I'll be really curious you know, just to see sort of what the rotation looks like and how they go about that competition and how it evolves over the course of the next 30 days or so, you know, leading up to Ohio State. And I'm I'm interested to see if it's going to be obvious to us who are in the media and are observing practice number one, what that depth chart looks like. You know what I mean? Coming out of the summer, coming out of spring, you know, the whole deal. Like, what does that depth chart look like going into the fall camp season. And I think that's actually going to tell us a lot. Did Jaden Mickey jump everybody? Is he the number two guy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it Ryan Barnes? Is it Philip? Like, who is that? And then 
Also, on the other side, who are they taking out of that competition and keeping behind Cam Hart? Because I think that is actually something that's going to be interesting to see as well, right? So right, a, a lot to see, I think. I think we're going to be uh, have writer's cramp by the time that things are going to say. I think our heads are going to be spinning <laughs> trying to keep up with you know what numbers are out there on the field at any given time in a lot of these reps. Agreed, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we come out with on Friday during our practice report, that's for sure. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop makes the comment in the YouTube chat. Lewis got picked on all last year. He had like 53 tackles. That's a lot at corner. And you actually, it wasn't just like 53 tackles, 53 tackles. We talked about this a couple of days ago when we were talking about players to watch. And Vince had Clarence Lewis as one of his players to watch. I had Jaden Mickey as sure. one of mine. And they obviously, you know, for, for the same reason, no, and, and you know, and that's a fair comment. Yeah, he did get picked on, but what do you do if you're an opposing team and you know you've got Cam Hart on the other Bingo. side? You're not going to throw at Cam Hart if you know Clarence Lewis is on the exactly. other side. You're going to take your chances with Clarence Lewis, and that's what they did. And you know, as I said, right. you know, somewhat, you know, jokingly, but at the same time, serious. The fact that he did have 53 tackles, which is a lot for a corner, at least he made the tackles. Yeah. You know, after he gave up. You know, it wasn't just guys, you know, running downfield and he's chasing them downfield. At least, you know, he made tackles after they made the catch. Right. You know, many of them, I'd say, you know, half of them for shorter gains, you know. So, you know, yeah, it's, you know, they're they're going to, again, bottom line is you're going to pick on the guy that you think that you can pick on. And that, you know, the more, the more chances that a guy has, you know, yep. to be thrown at, you know, the, the more potentially he's going to give up, you know, so sure. it's, you know, again, and, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation, absolutely. but you know, there's, there's only room to improve, I think for Clarence Lewis, because he's shown at times in the span of his freshman and sophomore year that he can do it. Well, and, and here's the other thing. I don't care who you stick at that corner spot, no matter what number it is on the Jersey, that's the guy that's going to get picked on. Uh, that That's just a fact, right? It, whether it's number yeah. six or 15 or 21 or whoever you put over there, they're not going after Cam Hart. They're just not going to. He's that good. Yeah. And so whoever that is, they're going to get picked on. And so that person's going to have a lot of pressure on them to shut down that strategy. So it, yeah, it, it don't is forget going to be because because even if Clarence Lewis gets beat, Ohio State's going to go at whoever happens to be sitting over there on that other side of the field more often than not early yes. on rather than go at Cam Hart, you know. Absolutely. So. All right. But again, it's going to be a really interesting battle to see if one of these young guys step up. And, you know, the other side of this is, obviously, this has been an area, you know, the the, the secondary, it's been an area that needed to improve from a recruiting right. standpoint. And it is beginning to improve now with, with Mickens and Freeman and, you know, the, just, just like at other spots, it's getting better, but it's still like where they are right now, we're, you know, we're just not quite seeing that yet. Maybe we start to see that with some of these sure. promising young guys. Absolutely. What about I hope Nicole? we do. Nickel, yeah. it's funny because Nickel almost feels like the consolation prize to who whoever may not win the other corner spot, right? Uh, but it's not exactly like that. To me, I feel like this is a two-man race uh, for, for this job. I, I think it's going to be between uh, Tariq Bracey, and I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. And I think the other one that's going to challenge him is Jaden Mickey. I think those are the two, in my opinion, who are going to challenge for that nickel spot. I Everything that I've heard from 
you know, from inside the, the, the Goog is that they love Jaden Mickey at the nickel spot too. And so I think he's going to challenge Tariq Bracey for that spot. But again, I think Tariq Bracey is in the pole position for that. And again, ton of experience, et cetera, right? He's a grad student. You know, he's been around the block. He's been here for a really long time. So I think he's going to get the first crack at it. But I think that freshman, man, I, I think you're going to see 21 nip it at his heels an awful lot. Yeah, I think so too. And we, I guess we didn't really mention that when we were talking about the corner that Bracey did play, you know, some outside during the spring. And, you know, maybe that's an option for him. I, I don't know where that goes. I still think, you know, he's really – it, that nickel spot is where he has really found his niche and, you know, he's been pretty good. And the fact that like I saw this on pro football focus, they say that Notre Dame has played five defensive backs on more than 50% of <laughs> snaps defensively over the last two years. So it's obviously an important spot. Yeah, no you know, doubt. You've got to have somebody, you know, who can, you know, it's not just a third down type spot, <laughs> you know, right. when you're, when you're playing at 50% of the time. And, you know, that's, the proliferation of passing offenses and all that stuff in, in college football. So it's very important. And, you know, again, Jaden Mickey turned some heads yeah. in, you know, in the spring. So I think one way or another, even if he's not the starter, we're going to see Jaden Mickey over the course of the season, you know, just depending on, you know, where it happens to be, whether it's inside or, or outside. But I think we're going to, you know, Lewis and, and Bracey, I still think we're going to see them too. But, you know, again, what this looks like in the fall, that's what's really Absolutely. intriguing right now. Yes, no question about that. So, we yeah. All these months of speculation, and now we finally start to, you know, get yeah. to see some answers. Oh, finally. Finally. <laughs> it feels like we've been talking about this stuff forever, and I get it. I understand. But these are legitimate, you know, they're legitimate battles, a legitimate question mark going into the season. And if they can be answered in a positive way, this team is going to be pretty st stinking good. Right. Right. I, you know, I, like, I still remember the days when like these corners, you know, it's like they never turn their heads and, you know, all these different things. And those days are gone. You know, again, the, the, the talent level is, is improving. The coaching level is improving of, of what right. they had at those positions. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to like, and, you know, that Ohio state game, <laughs> whatever you know it's like it's a month early i'm already saying this don't get you know like too wrapped up one way or the other what happens there agree like that's no you know. i absolutely agree <laughs> i was listening to your guys's mailbag yesterday and you know you made a really good point you were you guys were talking about is notre dame a national championship contender right, right. and you make a really good point yeah they are until september 3rd then we're gonna know whether they are or not i mean that's yeah. you know if they win or if it's a close loss you know that kind of a thing you're going to know really quickly whether Notre Dame should be mentioned with the elites. I, I cause they're it's a tough first test. There's no question yeah. about that. Absolutely. And you know, the good thing is with a playoff, you know, again, I, and, I, and I'm not, you know, saying, Oh, you know, play for play for a close game or whatever, you know, play for a consolation prize. Obviously you're playing to win, but if it's at least a competitive game, right. It's the start of the season on the road, all these things, like I said, yesterday you're still going going to be in the thick of things you know there's absolutely. just less margin for error as absolutely you got to probably run the table if you lose yeah. but you're absolutely right and let's be honest uh you know notre dame hasn't been competitive in the playoff games that they've played in ohio state is a playoff caliber team this is an opportunity to show that you can compete that uh, to me that's the bottom line 
Whether they right. win or whether they lose, they've got to be competitive. They have to be. If they're not, it's this is a longer road than I thought. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but I'm just chucking chuckling at salty Virginia peanuts. I kind of wish the season weren't about to start. I'd like three more months of increasing uncertainty in quarterback <laughs> recruiting. That's the I need to get a bell. I need to get a bell and like <laughs> ding the bell whenever we have either. You know, bring funny or SSS you know, really bell. salient points. That's right. That's right. Bring, Remember bring, that back in the day I, we had I a bell. Do. I do. It was whenever you had a nugget. Bing. That's right. That's right. Yep. All right. Safety. You know, just like last year, we we know who one of the safeties is going to be. Last year it was Kyle right. Hamilton. This year it's Brandon Joseph. But, uh, you know, you've got a lot of other guys who, again, I think we're going to see a lot of these guys because, you know, they've made it, you know, with this defensive scheme they're really interchangeable. You're not just one sure. side or the other. You know, that's that's kind of how they want it. You mm-hmm. know, and maybe, you know, I don't know. You know, like, you know, it's three defensive coordinators ago at this point when Clark Lee was here when we saw three safety type stuff. But, you know, if guys show that that they're capable, sure. you know, again, maybe we see, you know, more than just two safeties out there for that matter. But you've got guys like Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, Xavier Watts, Houston Griffith, all in the mix this thing so you know what 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 do you think it looks like do you think it's just going to kind of be a you know situational second safety plan next to joseph back there it's funny because i have gone through spurts since spring or i should say since the fiesta bowl to be honest with you i've gone through spurts where it's like okay it's gonna be ramon henderson well you know what it might be dj brown i'm hearing a lot of good things about him Oh, Houston Griffith is due to, you know, make some noise here. But, you know, then again, there's Xavier Watts, who's been doing his thing over on defense, and he's a great athlete. How could he not play? You know what I mean? I, like, there's a whole host of guys that if they were named the starter at the second safety, it would not surprise me in any way. Yeah. And, and I feel like whatever decision they make, it's going to be the best of whoever's there. And I think yeah. they've got some really good – options to be honest with you i love what i saw from ramon henderson and he was only a safety for half a season i know i thought he did a really good job i thought xavier watts has shown flashes of being really really good dj brown i thought had you know, he played pretty darn well uh if i'm not mistaken in the oklahoma state game when he got in i mean he, he can tackle he can you know there's certain things that he brings to the table that makes him better than some of the other guys right so I think this one's a huge talk. This might be the biggest question mark to me as far as who is going to end up winning that spot. And I don't think I would be disappointed no matter who got it. I think that's where I'm at with this. And I know I think so too. And, you know, <laughs> no, but you know, they they got a huge gift when Brandon Joseph, you know, oh. when they were able to get him out of the transfer portal. He's playing for, you know, for this season for an NFL draft spot. And, you know, he'll be gone. Houston Griffith will be gone. But because you've got so many of these other guys, and I, I think they're all going to be out there at some points yeah. this season, a year from now, it's going to be a different con- you know, different conversation. Sure. At position. But, you know, again, we're going to see a lot of these guys this fall and I think over the course of the season as well. Yeah, because, you're, you're, you know, this is D.J. Brown's last year, most likely. This is Houston Griffith's last year, right? Depending on what kind of season Brandon Joseph has, this could be his last year. So right. you're right. The safety position is going to be a heck of a lot different going into next year. Plus, you get the incoming freshman as well. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what safety looks like next year. 
but they got a great opportunity as a launching pad for this year into next year, I think. And they need to take advantage of it because you don't want to waste the talents at number 16, who's Brandon Joseph. This kid's a stud. Like, I am so looking forward to seeing him run around the field and make plays and come downhill like a scud missile. You know, I, I, I think he's going to be fun to watch. Yep. Uh, big defensive end. That's the uh, basically like strong side, I guess, defensive end. The, the defensive end opposite the Viper. Riley Mills mm -hmm. is at the top of the depth chart. and He's the biggest of these guys. Nano Osafa Mensa behind him and then Alex Ehrensberger. I mean, whether it's Mills or Osafa Mensa, you know, again, the, the way they've been able to rotate, I think we're going to see a lot of both of them. And Riley Mills will play inside a little bit as well like my curiosity is what happens with Ehrensberger at this point because you know like he came in he was one of these raw talents that Mike Elton you know obviously coming out of Germany even but one of these raw talents that guys you know that that Mike Elston was ever able to develop over time do you think that that he's able to to make any kind of dent at all at this position this year I actually do. I think it's going to be a battle between Ehrensberger and Osafa Mensa for that number two slot. Okay. And, you know, whoever wins that is going to get a lot of playing time, frankly. And I think Ehrensberger is kind of a sleeper in this whole thing. You know, Nana has been, you know, fighting injury and fighting just kind of the, the light bulb thing. You know what I mean? Like he, he was yeah. kind of a big ball of clay when he came here and Obviously, there's been a coaching change and some things like that. It sounds like he's doing a good job, but Ehrensberger is just kind of like that that lioness, like in the in the weeds, like ready to pounce. <laughs> like that's what I feel like he is. I mean, he's he's six six, almost six seven, so he's long. He's so long and yeah. athletic that if the light bulb goes on for him, I hate to say it because I love Nana coming out of high school. I think Ehrensberger is going to win that number two spot, and I think that he could really do a lot of damage. I think he could really surprise a lot of people. The combination of Mills, you know, he's 6'5", 283. I mean, he's just a specimen. And then you bring in Ehrensberger's a little bit faster, I think, a little bit more athletic, a little bit longer. I think that could be a pretty deadly combo there at that big end spot. Yeah, there's a lot of different options, and I think you're right. I, I yeah. think, you know, it's – Mill, I think the battle is more between Osafa Mensa and Ehrensberger than it is Osafa Mensa and Mills at the right. top. It's more, you know, the battle for that number two. Well, it looks like we may have lost Sean. I don't know if we've lost him or we've lost me. So let me see if he is. It looks like he's just paused. I don't know if anybody's in the uh, in the chat can let me know kind of where things settle. If you can hear me or if you can hear Sean. There we go. I think we we were spinning there for a little okay. bit. We we okay. both unlocked about at the same time. <laughs> what uh, I love this right here. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. He goes, it froze, Vince. Send me a link. I'll co-host for you. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Welcome back. Well, it froze me too. So I don't know, like, you know, I, I, I who knows? John know. Banco, John Banco said, "We hear Vince, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they're hearing both of us now because I hear you and you hear me, and the video is churning." Once again. I think we're good now. Yeah. I think you and I are good now. So, yeah. but, uh, so welcome back. But yes, yeah, I, I think there's there. Mills is the clear starter at this point, so it's kind of that battle for the number two spot, which I think is going to be a good battle. I just, 
I don't know why. My gut just tells me that Aaronsberger it might be that guy, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of I'd people. I'd like to see it. I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, again, this is more depth chart stuff. We know Michael Mayer is going to be the number one tight end. You know, that is obvious. Uh, but the number two tight end, I would expect whoever the number two tight end would be used more as you know, like the Y role, the, the, the guy attached to the line of scrimmage. At, you know, then then mayor because he's going to line up all over the place, basically, especially not knowing what's going on with the receivers. And you know, Mitchell Evans had the foot surgery uh, not quite a month ago, I guess it was middle of July when that happened. He was in line to be number two. That's obviously changed now. So now you've got Kevin Bauman battling right. with Kane Barong, you know, for that number two spot. And then you've got a couple of freshmen. We're really undersized at this point. Eli Raritan and Holden Stays, who are like six four and six um, six, between you know both of them, both of them weigh two twenty five. So you know they, they you know they need they need a little more Bayless. I don't know how much they were able to pack on this summer. You know maybe we'll see a little bit of that. I did see that picture of the tight ends recently. They do not have the guns of Michael Mayer just no yet. No one does. <laughs> but uh, I would I would think Bauman, you know has has probably got the leg up in this spot because he had a really good fall camp and then unfortunately broke that leg in the season opener last year assuming that he's able to perform you know anywhere near the level he did last fall training camp I would think that he will be you know the number two and we would see more of more of him you know and we probably see still Kane Barong as well but I, that's who I would put my money on right now though yeah, I think that's the safe bet. I think he's got the inside track right now. I think the the wild card in this whole thing is going to be Eli Raritan, to be honest with you. I think he is just such an incredible athlete that I, I don't know if there would be like a kind of similar to what they did with uh, with Tyler Buckner last year. He kind of has a small package maybe that he comes in as, as, a, as a receiving tight end, that kind of a thing. He's not a I guy to see that. Watch. Because again, yeah. he's not beefy right now, but he's it's big exactly. and he's, he's got skill. Yeah. You're not going to want to have him attached or doing anything like that, you know. But yeah, I mean, again, you don't want to make it obvious that when nine is on the field that you're doing certain things. But at the same time, he's an incredible athlete, and I, I if he's fully healed, and we're getting word that he is probably going to be full go. If he's fully healed, I think you have to take advantage of him. But you're right, Kevin Bauman, I think has the inside track right now. Maybe Kane Barong right behind him. But those are the guys that have a little bit more. You know, experience, a little bit more juice, a little bit more, you know, size if they're going to be attached, you know, that kind of a thing. I'm very curious, you know, yes, I want to see who's going to be the number two, even the number three tight end, how much two tight end sets they actually do. Is that, was that more of a Brian Kelly thing? Was that more of a Tommy Reese thing? Like where, where see, does the I two just, tight end sets come into play for Tommy Reese? That's my curiosity. Right, and I... I, I think that, you know, you made a really good point with Raritan, though, because of the fact that, you know, he does have a different skill set than Bauman. Because like I was saying, I think the number two is probably going to be more the, you know, the attached blocking guy. And that sure. that gives, you know, Bauman being the, you know, the most, fit, you know, physically put together guy gives him that opportunity. And even Barong, you know, again, but because of the fact that you've got low depth with running backs and, and what's going to happen with them. And, you know, you've got some questions at the receiver in terms yeah. of who can step up, you know, having Raritan out there on the field along with Michael Mayer and, you know, like 
I think that you could see that you you know you could see some mixing and matching of right. of you know some of that personnel because of the you know different kind of skill sets that yeah. that these guys have. And Charlie Weiss's last bell loop makes a really good point. They went multi person multiple tight end personnel an awful lot, but they never targeted the second tight end. That that never happened because frankly they had quarterbacks that weren't going through their progressions or they were leaving the tight end attached or whatever they were doing. If you can make that second tight end an actual weapon, an actual thing to be feared, that's yeah. only going to open and up. Not just being your, out there on the field. That's only going to open up your All-American tight end. It's only going to open up your wide right. receiver. It's only going to open up your running backs out of the backfield. You know, all of that stuff. That's a really good point. They have done a very poor job, in my opinion, in the past of utilizing that second tight end, which, look, we, we had the debate before, is Notre Dame O-line you or tight end you? Well, some you got some amazing tight ends. Use them. Use yeah. them. And again, you know, like Bauman was a touchdown machine early in fall training camp last true. year. You know, so it, it felt like there was going to maybe be an opportunity for him. It's just unfortunate that, you know, again, right. you break your leg in the first game <laughs> and, you know, then you're out for, I think it was like, what, seven games or something like that. And then he came back a little bit toward the end of the season. But yeah, so, but that, you know, that's a great point. They They do need to mix it up and and having guys like like Bauman and you know and Raritan gives them some of those opportunities so right another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kicker was, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about it. Let's be honest, you should be concerned about it. Yeah. Based on what we saw in the spring, when you can't when you can't consistently kick 40 to 45 yard field goals indoors. Oh my goodness. And you know, they've got, you know, they bring in the guy with all the experience from Arkansas state Blake groupie. And then, you know, Brian, Josh, they just, buddy, nobody was consistent at all in the spring. And it's funny because my takeaway from Josh Bryan prior to the spring was that he never had the leg of the previous kicker at Notre Dame. He never had like the booming leg, but he was always right down the middle. Every single time in practice, he was just right down. Maybe because he didn't have any pressure on him because he was never going to start over door, but he was right down the middle every single time, right? Just beautiful arc, great. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, he could take over as the kicker. And then they bring in Groupie from Arkansas State. And, you know, he and I look eye to eye with each other, which I mean, and you don't need to be huge to be a kicker. I'm not saying that, but yeah, no, but he's I mean, like he's like the epitome of 
you know, hey, kid, get out of here. They're not signing autographs right now. You know, yeah. like the security guy, see Blake Groupie, you know, that's what tiny. he looks like. <laughs> he is tiny, and I've stood right next to him. I mean, he's a tiny dude. He's got a ton of confidence. I am extremely confident in him 40 yards and in. But then again, I'm extremely confident in my 15-year-old son 40 yards and in. Yeah. So that's I mean, the problem. 40 yards and in is not a long field goal. That's what I'm know? saying. Like, that's that's the issue. Is like, I think he'll be... I think he'll be consistent 40 and in, but what about that 40 to 50? Like, I feel like that's the sweet spot where if you're a college kicker, that's where you need to be really good. So you're talking from the 30, where the ball is placed from the 30 yard line to the 40 yard line where it's kicked yeah. from. That's and I mean, be good. You know, end of half, end of game situations, it drastically changes, you know, what you need to do. And, you know, sure. basically you've got to get an extra 10 yards, you know, right. if not 15 to feel comfortable, you know, with getting yes. him in, in field goal range. Absolutely. You need to be inside the 30 yard line. I mean, yeah. if, if I should say, well, I actually, you should be inside the 23 yard line because it goes back seven yards from where the ball is placed. Right. So you're telling me that the ball needs to be that the line of scrimmage needs to be basically in the red zone. That's a problem for me. That's a problem for yeah. me. That's not a college kicker. Now I hope he proves me wrong, but I think there's going to be a legitimate competition between groupie and Brian and there should be. I think there will be too. And, you know, again, like how they put them in some of the, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to kind of put them to the fire a Absolutely. little bit, you know, in, in terms of game situations and pressure situations and that kind of stuff you know, there's somebody, somebody's going to have to really step up because neither one of them grabbed it by any means in right. the spring. Can you imagine, can you just imagine the Ohio state game coming down to a last second kick? Like, <laughs> oh, man. My heart's not ready for that. I'll just say that. I know. I know. That's that's where I'll go with that one. I know. Uh, punter, I'd be surprised if it's not John Sott, the the grad transfer Agreed. from Harvard. You know, it, it feel about the same on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the kid from Harvard. I saw him walking around campus uh, during the kicking camp that was going on, and he's just a thick dude. Like he's just he's a big, thick kid. I mean, he's 5'10", 207 pounds. Okay, so he's just a big, thick kid. So I'm, I haven't actually seen him kick, but I would imagine that he's probably going to win the job. Uh, you know, it's going to be between him and the McPherson kid, uh, who's a right. freshman, right, coming in. So it's going to be between a graduate student and a freshman. Frankly, I don't care who it is, as long as you kick it where you need to kick it and you can directionally put it where you want to put it. That's yeah. fantastic. I think Notre Dame has dealt with some inconsistent punting for quite a while. So it's not going to kill you, but if you can get a kid that can flip the field for you, play the field game, you know, the field position game, which could very well come into play on September 3rd, you know, somebody has got to take hold of that job too. And I don't think that it's set in stone yet. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest as of right now, kicking game is one of my biggest concerns for this team. And, you know, it's like we, they've really been spoiled over the last few years with, with what they've got, you know, because even as shaky as Jonathan Dorr was at time, you know, he went through a stretch where he was really consistent. And for the most right. part, you know, he made kicks that he was supposed to make, you know, in, in you know, in the more, you know, clutch type situations. And so it, it's, you get a guy like Groupie with all the experience that he has, you expect him to be able to, to step up in those situations. But I think we all know there's a little bit different pressure at Notre Dame than there is at Arkansas State. Just a little, just 
just a little, but yeah, for a kicker, that's not even a hot able, take. It's like being a pitcher. You got to be able to block that stuff out. You have to. And if you can't block that stuff out, you're not going to be a good kicker and you have to hit the layups. You got to hit everything yeah. 40 and in you have to, you know, yes. but pending a bad snap and all that, which is out of your control, but you've got to hit everything 40 and in it's that 40 to 50, man. That's what worries me. It, it does. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. As always, we will talk to you tomorrow. One more time, our last day without football. It all starts Friday. We're ready for that. We will talk to you tomorrow, though, right here on IB Nation Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget, hit that like button. If you don't mind, rate us, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.